Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv. This time I'm talking with George Slade, the uh, presenter of G Slade's Indie Music Showcase. How you doing, uh, George? Hey man, I am I am excellent. Thanks so much for uh, letting me come on and talk about the show. That's fine. Thanks for talking to me. So what was your introduction to the world of podcasting? Man, uh, it goes back a few years. I'd say about five years ago, actually. Uh, I love Audible books, uh, so it was probably an easy transition um, because it's hard to tell the difference now. But I was listening. uh, I had a a 24-hour road trip across two days to Las Vegas from Mississippi. And and I'm in the United States, obviously. Um, And, you know, what can you do, right? There's only so many Def Leppard albums. And so I I, I turned on um, Audible books. That's what I like to do anyway. So I was listening to Freakonomics, uh, just a random book I found. I was like, this is really good. And then I listened to Super Freakonomics. And then the third one was like How to Rob a Bank or something like that. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I want to hear more from this guy, Stephen Dubner and um, Stephen Levitt. I think it's Levitt. Dubner and Levitt are the last names. I think I got the right first names. And anyway, so he had a podcast called Freakonomics, which is great. And uh, so that was the first podcast I ever listened to. And then when I cut off like cable, I I quit watching TV, but some of my shows like the daily show would have a podcast version and it just kind of grew from there. Um, and then I'm a big wrestling mark, you know, I like, especially like nineties, I'm, I'm 38. So I was a kid in the nineties, you know, I was only 18 when the nineties ended. So, um, I love wrestling and a a guy about my age named Conrad, um, Thompson, I think he hosts the show, um, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, which is an excellent podcast about wrestling. And like, so I listen to that all the time. It's a great show. If you're into wrestling and you're not listening to that, you're really missing out. And just kind of grown from there, man. Now I like seek out podcasts and I listen to Jocko Willenick. I listen to Joe Rogan. You know, if uh, what's the dude's name? Shit. I just forgot his name. The dude that wrote, oh, David Goggins. If he's on a show, you know, like a podcast, I listen to that. Uh, I listen to like conspiracy theory podcasts because they're just fun, you know. But yeah, that's how I got into it. And I like chit-chatting. And for a couple of years, one of, a couple of my friends were like, you know, we should have a podcast or you should have a podcast. I was like, what can I do? Um, and I got the idea for uh, the music show. Really, I stole it from uh, Charlie Chaney. You know Charlie? Yes, I do know Charlie, yep. yep. You remember back during FOM, uh, February album writing month, for those that don't know, um, he had the blog talk show where he did like nightly stuff about some, some of the better tracks on foam. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that very well. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Yeah. So he would do that and he would play multiple artists. And then I kind of took the idea that year and tweaked it. And I, I had a, a short live run called foam stars. It's kind of a play on foam and all star. And uh, it was just a free platform. You had like an hour to get your show in, but it was cool because you could upload and play files. So I was like, Charlie's doing kind of like the best of, right? You know, playing multiple artists. I'm like, let me just focus on one artist and I'll bring the artist on and and they could talk about it and we could play their songs. 
and it's really the exact same format that the G Slade's Indie Music Showcase um, follows. It, it's one artist per show, and they pick out the music that they want to play. And we, we talk about whatever they want. You know, we talk about them, their history uh, in music, inspirations. And then we drill down into like, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, I bring up the first track. I don't play it, but I tell them what the first track is. And then we talk about it, how they wrote it, why they wrote it, stuff like that. And then we play the song and it's just really chill. But yeah, I got to give Charlie his, his due there. He really inspired me to even think about that kind of stuff. That's cool. So uh before i before i ask this then i'll just say to people that uh, me and george know each other obviously from uh all the years that we've both done a songwriting well two songwriting challenges uh form that's in february uh that takes up the whole of february um and the idea of that is that during the period of 28 days uh we try to write 14 songs each person that's taking part <laughs> and try. put them up we try <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other one, 5090, which is a bit of a slog, that goes from July the 4th until, yeah, October, 30th. until October the 1st, actually. The right. Last day. Well, yeah, well, I, I guess I, it ends yeah. at October 1st. Yeah, it does, but I can't take part on October the 1st because that's that's my other half, Louise's birthday, so I try not to do anything that day. Or if I do, I try to do it without being noticed. Man, I, I can't do 59 anymore. Like, life's just too busy. You know, I got teenage girls in high school and college, and I host, I actually host two podcasts. We'll talk about the other one maybe on another show, but um, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just always busy. I'm also write fiction, and I have a full time job, obviously. I'm an IT director for a 24 hour casino. So, wow. not too many dull moments. So, 590 is like, I, I might do like, 390 you know i'll put three songs up or something but normally i get my album out of a uh, phone i'm trying to do like an album in a year now um on my music that's cool endeavors. yeah that's cool yeah i think i got six songs in this year in 5090 wow <laughs> oh, yeah big wow so close. <laughs> yeah so hey, close. That, that's but that's 325th so you know look at it that way that's that's true that's true but yeah, yeah it's, it's a long long amount of time to to be doing that not 90 days to yeah and it sounds like that'd be plenty of time right but that's more than a song a day on average i mean not no it's more than a song every two days on average you know it is. because if you wrote a song every two days you only have 45 and Absolutely. writing a song is not easy i mean it's easy it's not easy to write something worth writing though Yep. So how did you get into music in the first place then, George? Oh, man. Well, I was hooked on hair metal uh, from the get-go. I was you know, I was born in 82, yep. so I wish I had been born in 72, so I could have gone to some of these you know, shows and got more of my life in before COVID. But uh, So uh, when I was, God, eight or nine, my older sister, she was about seven years older, so she was like, you know... Um, 13 in 1988 so she was like prime you know age for hair metal yep. and she put in a vhs uh called historia which was like a, a video collection of Def leopard through their first four albums uh yep. on through the night high and dry power mania and hysteria and i was like this is the best shit ever 
you know, <laughs> and you, you know how a lot of times your first favorite band you lose interest in. I, I've I've lost no interest in Death Type Record. I'm still a huge fan. So that's how I got into music. Yeah. As far as like loving rock. And I'm like, they just look cool. Who doesn't look cool playing a guitar? When you're when you're 12, 13, whatever, you see a guy playing a guitar, you want to be that guy, right? Yep. And that is uh, a really and, good set as well. That is a really good video. Yeah, you've seen it then. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're uh, I mean they're from Sheffield, so they're not far from where you're from, I guess. Where are you? I'm um, Newark, Nottinghamshire. I'm only forty five minute drive away from Sheffield. From Sheffield. They get there, but they nice. get there often when there's no lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they had a famous show there in '93 at Don Valley Stadium. I don't even think that's still there, is it? I'm not completely sure. I think well, it was epic. Yeah. It was part of the Adrenalized tour. So I've seen them live, like I don't know, ten times at least. And that's not bad considering I couldn't go at all until I was an adult. You know. No. So you wouldn't have you wouldn't have seen them with the uh, with Steve Clark. Oh my no, man! Just in video, I uh, I'm jealous of my sister. She saw the in the round tour when it came to Jackson, Mississippi. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I am. I'm so jealous because he was, you know, quite a force. Now I, I'm I'm a Vivian fan. Don't get me wrong, Vivian. I'm not one of these Vivian haters. The dude's been in the band for like 30 years. Like he's in the band. Like people still won't let it go that he's not Steve. No one is Steve. You know. No one is Steve. We we, uh, we got over Pete leaving and getting Phil. We can get over. I mean, you don't get over Steve leaving, but no. you can embrace Vivian. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like uh, I don't know if you know them, the band Marillion. They might just be known in the UK. Uh, I don't know, don't know them. No, they're like a pro- progressive rock uh, band, and I think they started in the late seventies and in nineteen eighty nine. Uh, it's it's a bit like almost like a Genesis story where the original singer he left, and the singer that joined in 1989 he's still there now in the band, but people still go on about um, oh is 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 not is not the original singer is he and this sort of thing a bit like you know the Phil Collins with Peter Gabriel and you know yeah. Vivian with you know, on guitar with Def Leppard you know it's the and same he's sort so of thing good. really. He's so yeah. good. Like, and he was in Dio. Have you heard Dio? Um, but anyway, so that's kind of a long segue in how I got into music. So I, I just wanted to play guitar. Yeah. And I, I grew up out in the woods. Like I didn't have neighbors and garage and friends with amps and all that. So I, I was not able to be in bands. But when I was um, in my early 20s, my older brother, who used to also do phone, I don't know if he does it anymore or not. Um, but he was doing uh, stuff on like, fruity loops three right and tracking guitar and i was like that's just kind of cool and i actually never recorded a track a a proper song until 2008 he was like hey man you should do 5090 with me i'm like i don't know what that is but sure whatever and i just did some awful stuff like through my micro like the computer's built-in microphone port with like a karaoke microphone and a acoustic guitar and using audacity to try to mix and i wasn't even using fl studio so that was 2008. And so I've just progressed, you know, I guess what, 12 years ago. So I've been trying to make music for 12 years and I just really got into talking to other indie artists because you learn a lot and it's just cool to know there's people struggling like you or that can help you succeed. And obviously we collaborate a lot. So I think that collaborative nature really led me to want to get to know the artists more. Yeah. I think the collaboration part of these 
challenges. I think that's one of the great things about it because it it takes you um, not out of your comfort zone as such, but it it takes you somewhere where you wouldn't ordinarily go if you were just left to your own devices because you're working with somebody else. Their influence brushes off on you as an artist as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. I've done some collaborations that uh, didn't work out at all. It just really fell flat. Like, hey, guys, we have fun. All right, it's fun, whatever. And uh, I've had some that, that and you know, basically prompt, or they were the catalyst for year-long friendships, you know. Like uh, Tim Ethier up in Winnipeg, his face of Einstein on foam. You know, he and I talk. We talk all year long. You know, we're like, we've never met in person, but we're as, as friends as you can be, I guess, on the internet. And, um, you know, he was the second guest on the, the indie music showcase um just good stuff and that wouldn't have happened without these internet collaborations i mean we've probably done six or seven tracks together and have never met so that's just the beauty you know the technology's unlocked for us uh stuff i couldn't imagine when i first you know got into def leppard and playing guitar by myself yeah i mean i've collaborated with some people a number of times um mainly the lyricists they they, they'll the, uh, the specific lyricist who will always sort of like gravitate towards me like uh, Cindy Prince, Cinderella, uh, Carlo 2013, uh, that's Liz Petty. And uh, some people I've actually met uh, since that are part of, that do form and 5090 that I've met actually in person since like Pete Murphy. He's a really nice guy. And so is uh, uh, Dragon Dreams, Paul Hudson. He's a lovely oh. guy. He actually Two made talented people, man. Yeah, really talented. Dragon Dreams actually made me a guitar that I've got at the back of me now. Wow! So yeah, that, he's really excellent. Cool. I need to get him to solo. I got uh, Peter Watkinson, Sapient, Abomium. Ab yeah. I got him to. He he actually does a couple of solos on my the project I'm working on. So wow. it really brings it to life. He's an amazing. Uh, Pete Murphy's the next. Yeah. Cool. Oh, dude. Uh, and his show is great. I don't know if you've listened to his episode on my show. But it's most excellent. And uh, the next one is Pete Murphy. So it's kind of funny you mentioned him. The next one that uh, drops, uh, well, it's going to air on, you know, um, whatever, this the Friday after Thanksgiving, uh, Pete Murphy's show. The day after. Uh, so that'll be 27th or you have in the 27th off and it's the following Friday, is it? Yeah, what, whatever the Friday is. Um, let me look at this calendar. So, yeah, the 27th of November. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that Pete Murphy episode is going to be pretty dope. I really enjoyed it. Yep, he's this got so much sound... music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. This is going to sound really different, really strange to the listeners because they're not going to hear it until next year. Which is cool, man. It's fine. Go back and listen if you hadn't heard Pete Murphy and Peter Watkinson. And actually, by the time this show airs, we'll have a bunch of artists on. I don't know, which has been really cool. Obviously, I started with. A bunch of people like knew because that was like an easy pool, right? You know, I talked to, to Peter and to Pete Murphy and um, uh, Amanda Rose Riley, just people, you know, I, I, put, I posted up in the 5090 forum what I was doing and people reached out, you know, um, working on getting Katie Dwyer on and uh, Tim Ethier was on, uh, Andy Thomas, yeah, you know, uh, just just fun, you know, and, and I'm actually getting to know people more than I did even through collaborating, which has been pretty neat. Yeah. Um, I, I better do a mention of uh, Geordie Robertson, who's known as Fuzzy. He, he's fabulous. I've worked with him a couple of times as well. 
and he's a really great guy to work with. Yeah, I'm looking forward to during February, uh, during FOM, doing like extra shows, like, you know, like FOM specials, you know, bringing people on. Because, you know, people are a lot more geeked to get on and talk during February, uh, especially in that community because they're, they're just engaged. So, But it's going to be neat. I got some bands, you know, people I don't know of or like I know of them, but I don't know them personally uh, that are going to be on the show you know, like proper bands that are out there touring and, and make a living off of this stuff. So I've already had a few, I had roses unread on the show, uh, which yep. was cool. And I had uh, VK Lynn, who's a member of the spider accomplice. They're relatively successful bands. That was kind of cool. You know, I just kind of cold called them on, on Instagram. Like, Hey, you want to be on my show? Yep. <laughs> they, they were just really cool people. So how do you arrange these guests then? Do you just contact them on uh, social networks and say, Hey, do you want to be on my show and have a chat? Yeah, it, it's evolved, right? At first, I was just like, just spamming, you know, like I, some people just saw it earlier, like, oh, whatever, you know. But so I built up like a library of interviews. You know, I had like seven interviews recorded. So I'm like, cool. I got like um, two months to freaking, you know, post while I'm working on getting the show more formatted. Um, so now that I got my process down a little better, the editing, you know, the technology and all that, yep. um, I try to do, cause I was doing like three or four interviews in a week. Like it was crazy. I'm like, yeah, what day I'll do whatever you want. You know? Um, so it was hectic for the first couple of weeks, but now I, I try to record on the weekends, uh, yep. for the next Friday, you know? So like record it Saturday or Sunday, post it Friday. Um, but I just started using a, like a new recording platform that really speeds up the editing. Um, and so I'm not really that, and I switched hosts too. I was using Buzzsprout yep. and uh, they have limits on um, the hours you can upload a month. And I was paying a lot of money. <laughs> and so I actually cut my expenses in half, moved over to Captivate and uh, there's no limits on it. So I'm not really worried about, you know, if I want to do a show, like if an artist has a, single coming out thursday well yeah we'll, we'll play the show wednesday night or whatever you know like i'm i'm trying not to be so rigid um so that it, it's just more free-flowing like music and art should be anyway well the cool thing is that the way that you're doing it by starting with people for the most part that you know you're getting that body of uh, shows or that catalog behind you so that then eventually other people may listen to it and they might actually contact you that you don't know and they might say hey can i be on your show and it just builds and builds and builds from there yeah that's actually happened um i had a a music rep i won't drop the names of the label or nothing um just because i don't know what their you know legal agreements are <laughs> but they actually reached out to me like hey i represent six bands or six artists i'd like to get them all on your show and i'm like yeah that's yeah. six shows you know um, and, and they're all booked right now. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, I, I you know, I, I go through, I, I try not to just bring them on. I'm not shit about the band, right? Yeah. I go and listen to their body of work and try to get a feel. So I have something to talk about, which was obviously easier with people I knew, like I already knew what Abomium music was about. Yeah. I already knew what face of Einstein music was about, what Andy Thomas was about. Um, you know, so that was a bit easier. I just had James Stobbs. That was a really good episode. Uh, he's a real talented guy. Cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's just really cool. I think we're up to 10 posted episodes as of, uh, you know, recording time, yep. uh, about Thanksgiving week. So yeah, we're getting there, man. So by the time this airs, I mean, we should have 
you know, another eight shows or so posted. It's going to be awesome. Cool. Well, we'll actually uh, go to this one now because you've already touched on it slightly. So when it comes to editing the show, how do you actually edit the show? Uh, do you just, for the most part, leave it as is? Or are you very strict with the editing? Do you, uh, you know, take bits out? How do you go about it? Well, it depends, man. Uh, so like I say, I, it was uh, growing pains and kind of like finding my feet. Uh, the first few shows, I literally just used my uh, company's conference software, you know, um, <laughs> in my uh, enterprise join me account. And uh, so we just like recorded these uh, audio. I was like, I, you know, it'll record the audio and I'll just download it and we'll insert the songs. But it was such shit. Like it, it sounded like a phone call, you know. It's like, you know, you're sure it's my music, you know, and I'm like, ah, that's awful. But some of the episodes are just like that. I did my best to like, I use Adobe Audition for actually editing my, uh, you know, um, music files once I've generated them. So I dropped them in Audition, you know, I did the best I could to clean it up. In fact, I got one episode, uh, the poor lady out in England, she's awesome, a great guest. I feel really bad because we had a bad connection to call a drive like three or four times. And it was like the second show I recorded and I haven't posted it yet because I'm just trying to get it edited up nicely. Um, but I've, and then the next step was I was like, okay, let me ask each guest if they can record their side of the conversation and then email me like the MP3, uh, which I did that with uh, Rieko. Are you familiar with her? Yep. Yeah. She's excellent, right? Yeah. That was the longest show I had, like two and a half hours. And that, that was what really made me think I need to get off of this, you know, this restrictive uh, platform. So anyway, she recorded her in, but I didn't record my end. <laughs> that was that was the most painstaking editing episode ever because she sent me this beautiful file. Perfect audio, right? Yeah. Except she had her phone on speaker or something. And so every time I talked, it was in between her bits of of audio and so when you just listen back to just her track like she would talk and it'd be like hey my name's rieko and then you would hear me going you know it'd be like really low and i'm like that sounds like shit (laughs) so i had to go in between every bit of her you know vocals and mute that bit because if i just did a filter it would take away from the dynamics of her voice right if i just filtered out that noise print because I, you know, it doesn't know the difference in her voice and my voice. It's just going to remove whatever those wavelengths are. And it would have made her sound like a tin can. Yeah, she just sounded like Robbie the Robot or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was a three-hour interview, bro. I cut it down to like two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, because we would just go all Because we really enjoyed talking to each other. But we're also both kind of like um, farm social outcasts, almost. We're, we're not like in the, you know, we don't go to like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's more of a feeling, I guess. But, you know, we're not like in the ukulele clubs and, you know, we don't get hung up on how many comments we do. You know, we're just there for the music and shit, you know. Yeah. And, and we're, we're very digital based artists where that gets, you know, and I don't know if it still does. But back in the day, it was like, OK, yeah, but I really play an instrument. And I'm like, well, that's that's not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, so we both consider ourselves a bit out of the phone, you know, cliques as they, as they say. But um, we both love the community. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not going to stop doing phone. Neither is she. Yeah. But, you know, she really does it full time. So she sent me this beautiful interview and we talked forever. And my side was just the the join me recording. And it 
it was like it was like you'd hear this beautiful voice and then you'd hear me talking through the, the phone and um i just realized i don't know if i was cussing through that whole story or not my bad but anyway so uh you know what i did man i went back and re-recorded myself yeah here in the studio it was painful because i had to listen to what i said and then say it again and record a nice track and if you go listen to the episode now sounds great just sounds like we're talking yeah but yeah that's what i had to do uh so i just switched to using an on online based thing called zencaster and uh it records high quality voice over IP on both ends and then it uploads it to your cloud storage. So like they don't have to send me their file. They got to keep their internet open long enough for it to upload. So I got to like tell the guys, Hey, don't close your web browser till it says it's uploaded, but it goes right into my Google drive or it'll link to box. You know, I use Google drive to get the free 15 gigs and I got like four Gmails. So, yep. you know, I got to show Gmail, uh, you know, like G Slate podcast or G Slate music podcast at Gmail. And I got, G Slate Music, Gmail, and then I had like two personal ones. Um, I got the one for when I was like a teenager, and you know how you use stupid names, so it's like my nickname or something. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so that was the worst editing experience, but it was like the best episode. Yeah. But now that I get these high quality tracks on both ends, man, I just drop them in to each other. I bounce them down to one side, you know, I bounce them into one stereo track, yep. and then I just go through instead of trying to manipulate two tracks in sync. I just mix, bounce them together and paste the songs in where they go. And um, that's it. And the platform Zencaster is really cool because you can upload like sounds. So if you have like an intro, you could play the intro, right. And then start talking and there's an outro. You could upload whatever you want. Like right now I don't play the music during the interview. It seems kind of silly for us to just sit there and listen to the song because they know their song. I know their song. Yeah. But I could play the song if I wanted to. I could upload it to the player. But it just seems kind of silly to do that. And I can just insert it. But I can add time markers. So I can, you know, just give myself a note. Hey, the song's at 23 minutes, 37 seconds. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. So that was my adventure in editing, man. I never want to have to re-record the show again. Like that was that was something. And, and then it was like still pretty hot. Cause you know, I live in the Southern U S so, and my, uh, my studio is not connected to my house. And so I have a window unit, but I got to turn it off when I'm recording. Right. I don't want to in the background. Oh yeah. So, uh, that was fun. You know, sitting in the house, like sweating. You imagine the interview, like two, two and a half, three hours sitting in the heat. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's it's difficult because when you when you do that, oh, you, you have to record every single bit of dialogue that you've done from scratch because otherwise, um, I actually made this mistake because uh, I think I was editing and doing it doing it in a rush, so I was punching in um, bits to replace dialogue that wasn't quite right or something in my own. And um, I wasn't using the same equipment as the original was done. Yeah. And you can tell straight away, it's just like, you know, yeah. it's like a bit bit muffly in the original. And then all of a sudden you'll be bright and or you'll be bright in the original, right. suddenly muffly because you're not using the same equipment. And, oh, it's terrible. So you have to do the whole lot and it takes so long to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, I've turned off like my favorite podcast if they have a bad sound episode. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't listen to a phone conversation. So I don't want to present that to my listeners either, especially in the early stages. Like if that's the first episode they hear, like, you know, oh, this this show's amateur hour, you know. I mean, you know, 99% of podcasts are amateur hour, but you feel like you got to be perfect, right? You do. But yeah, I mean, the best the best way to do it is to just get, you know, high quality tracks from the get-go, and just keep the show natural, you know, keep it all in there. Um, you know, I mean, you know, they don't have a chance to do that on a live stream podcast and they're some of the most popular things ever. So, you know, if there's a blip or whatever, I try, I try to just keep moving. I'm like, you know what? It sounds like a natural conversation. I, I don't want my shows to sound like a news interview, you know, like, Hey, I'm here with, you know, stacks McGee and answer this question. All right. Now answer that. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like that formal. I just want to be like, if we were chatting at the bar after their set, you yeah. know, drinking beer, what would we talk about? You know, and because these artists have these formal interviews all the time, if they go on like a radio show, like with a real DJ or, you know, other publications, you know, it's much more rigid, I think. You know, this is just my show. I don't have sponsors or, or anybody I have to be responsible to. So we could chat about whatever. It's pretty neat. No, it's the same here, but I think for, 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 well, you know, it's getting a bit about about me almost in a way, and it should be about you, this, but... That's good, man. I think um, because my show is about podcasters, you know, we uh, we talk about all sorts of things anyway, so if we if we go off on a tangent to something else, then that's cool because that's what podcasts are all about. It's about just chatting and whatever comes to mind, it's it's there. To me, it's it's liberated media. I mean, you know... I mean, it's everybody's voice. Anybody that wants to be heard can either going on a podcast or starting a podcast. And I, I think even though there's a million of them out there, we need a million more um, competition. And it's not even really competition. I don't even think podcast podcasters are a different breed. I don't think we really compete. I think it's more supportive. We want people listening to podcasts. You know, uh, I think it's just cool. And it's, it really freezes, you know, before podcasts, how could we really have a, you know, voice like this is, is pretty neat. That's true because you've not got the restrictions of, you know, when, when it was talk radio, you had, you had to be employed by that radio station to have a show. Whereas, you know, we're stuck in like a, a living room or in a, in a spare room somewhere and we're making our own shows and putting them out there. And yeah. there is none of that now. It's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I'm on a, a $90 mic that I bought 10 years ago. And, you know, uh, a $200 interface. And I only bought that because I'm trying to, it came with a guitar rig five pro free and yep. guitar rig pro was like two fifty something like 50 bucks less. I get the interface and guitar rig. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, it, you don't need a whole lot of money. If you want to do like video live streaming, you got to invest a little bit. You need a, a computer that can really process it in real time. You need a high quality webcam. You need a bit of software. You know, to especially if you have multiple cameras or you're doing screen shares or you're twitching, you know, like doing Twitch, stuff like that. That's a whole other thing. I mean, and if you think about it, like think of Howard Stern's show. I mean, that was basically a podcast on the radio. Yeah. But, you know, he had to deal with the FCC. Like you said, he, he had to be employed. He had to keep a contract. How many people do you think went into making that show? 30, 40, 50? I mean, it's crazy. And, and then they have, you know, I can't imagine the fees 
I mean, we can, I mean, this is liberated, man. We can get online, talk about whatever we want, whenever we want to whoever we want, you know, they want to come on the show. Um, and, and the great thing about my show is you think I'm ever going to run out of indie artists that want to talk about themselves. That's true. Everybody wants to talk about themselves <laughs> if they're in indie music. Yeah. <laughs> in any sort of music. I mean, it's the only way to promote yourself, right? I mean, it's not the only way, but, you know, self-promotion uh, until you, you know, quote unquote, make it is what you do. No one's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. You know, now I, I do reach out to some bigger bands and um, like uh, I reached out to one pretty big band, you know, they just got a million streams on Spotify. So that's pretty good, uh, especially in metal. They're in metal, you know, uh, pretty heavy stuff. And wow. they directed me to their PR person, which was cool. It wasn't just a no. And I talked to the PR person and they're like, well, how big is your audience? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, well, my last episode got like 20 downloads, but it was like eight different countries, you know. Um, and she was like, OK, we'd love to be on the show, but come back when you have a when you've grown your show a bit. And I'm like, all right, well, that that's a polite answer. I can live with that. But nobody's, you know, it, it's pretty you never get a no. You always get like ignored or a yes. So, you know, it's pretty cool. So if somebody reaches back out to me. I'm pretty sure they want to be on the show. And um, I actually learned this trick, or not a trick, but a method, I guess, uh, from another guy that was on my show named World's Not Gray. That was a great episode. And um, he and I were talking about how to get followers and and reach out to people. And he said, well, I just conversate. I just have real conversations with people. And it leads up to, hey, let's do something together. You know, and we establish a relationship first. So, you know, I'm trying to do that, you know, like find a band on Instagram and like, you know, binge their music and then reach out to them. Like, you know, I'm listening to your stuff today. It sounds awesome. Uh, and then get them talking about their band. I'm like, well, you know, do you want to come on the show, you know, and talk about it? And, and then we just have to work out the particulars. Um, but it's been pretty cool. Yeah, you've just got to go out there and just take a chance and risk contacting these people and say, hey, do you want to, do you want to be on the show? Like, you know we've chatted before you you mentioned about the uh, the real blend interview all that was was just the fact that i listened to them a lot and i sent a message to uh well he's the managing director of of the group cinema blend and and he just said yep sure sure we'll we'll arrange it and but sometimes you get a yes and sometimes you, you you might not get anything at all but you just put it out there and sometimes you get lucky yeah, uh, like I said, I've, uh, I think I'm up to eight or nine people that have come to me. So that's pretty cool, you know, that, that I've gone from soliciting to being solicited. And, you know, that's just awesome. Uh, <laughs> I will admit, when the guy said he represents six artists, I was like, okay. Um, I, I reached out to the artist, though. I was like, hey, is this guy really represent you? Because he said he'd be on my show. Yeah, <laughs> but they were like, "Yeah, no, it's legit." I'm like, "Oh, cool. All right, we're all good now." Like, you know, I hope the guy didn't take offense. I mean, I'd hope anybody would would do diligence, make sure, you know, because I I don't want to be talking to somebody and I think they're in this band, and then I, you know, post a podcast, and then the band sees it, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we weren't on that show," and then you know, I have to delete it, and it's just embarrassing for everybody. It is. So when when you're talking to those, are you going to have those in succession, one after the other, you know, or are you splitting them up with? Uh, different having different artists between each of those different record label bands um well right now the the six from the one guy i have scheduled sequentially for you know like six fridays in a row but now that i'm not limited uh in the shows i could do you know i might post 
two shows in a week or three shows. And I don't care. I'm just trying to get content out there. You know, I'm trying to have fun. I think if I get too caught up in uh, like rigidity, you know, like I have to do it this way every week, you know, that's not fun. That's a job, you know, like, shoot. If, if somebody messaged me, you know, like if you wanted to do one uh, about your music after we did this, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll jump on my stuff and record it and we'll just do a show and maybe I'll post it today. Or if you have a single coming out next week and you want it to come out, I'll post it then. You know, it's just about freedom, man, because um, it's just fun that way, I think. And, you know, as a, as a listener of podcast, man, if my favorite show put out random shows, I wouldn't you love it? You know, if your favorite podcast suddenly had an extra show or yeah. three shows in a week, you know, it'd be excellent. Absolutely. And uh, the cool thing about your show is the fact that because they are, for the most part, little known artists, a lot of people are listening to music that they've not heard before and it's it's new and it's fresh so i always think that that fresh music is the coolest because when you put like normal radio on you're so used to those songs that are on there all the time that something different it it uh, it's something in you and don't get me wrong i love top 40 i'm a i'm a pop junkie yep you know uh def leppard's not an indie band i rock them all the time um, I think good music is good music, but nobody, you know, Def Leppard doesn't need me to promote them. You know what yeah. I mean? Post Malone doesn't need me to promote him. You know, Taylor Swift doesn't need my help, <laughs> you know? So I am an indie musician. And so it fascinates me in the world of indie music. And I think it's just great. There's so much music out there. It's That's what Tim and I were talking about. There's just yeah. so much music. I mean, there's more bad music, but there's more good music, you know? Uh, and, and really bad subjective. What I think's bad, you might you might really enjoy. Uh, it might be people that think Def Leppard's, you know, like crap, but it, you know, it's okay for them to think that. Like, doesn't stop me from enjoying it. And um, it's just, God, there's so much music. And you think like by now we'd have written all the songs, but you still get blown away by new stuff. You know, I was just listening to a band I found last week called Villains. They're a, like a I don't know, kind of like a heavy pop rock group out of New York. Okay. And uh, they sound excellent. And I was just, I was like, well, I like their stuff. Let me reach out. And then they were agreeable to be on the show. So now they've, they've already sent me their tracks. I think we're talking next week, you know, first week of December and, um, you know, got a show out of that and it's going to be cool. And I don't know them personally. So it'll be an adventure. Um, it's definitely different though. When I know them versus not know them, I've done a couple of artists that I don't know. Yep. But it's fun. I had a great, but the latest episode is uh, Dom Draper. He's a guy uh, from Australia uh, down in uh, Melbourne. And, you know, I had no idea who this guy was. Uh, saw him on Instagram was when I was like just in a mad rush to get people on. And uh, he came on. It was a great show. Like, like he and I could go to a bar together and chill out. Like I, I got that vibe, you know, uh, and it was a great talk. And you got, you know, for listeners, you got a Mississippi accent and you got an Australian accent. So it was quite a, a dialogue, you know, so that was fun. And we chatted about music, but we also chatted about the U.S. elections and we, we chatted about beer. And um, when Abomian was on, when Peter Watkinson was on, we talked about uh, microbreweries and how Martians are actually just coming to America to steal our, or coming to Earth to steal our beer because there's no beer out on Mars. Just weird, out of the way stuff. Like, who talks about that? 
Yeah, not that any of the shows I've talked to or the hosts, their shows, none of them are about politics, but that election seems to be a big subject lately that's come up in my show where we've just generally <laughs> gone on to that and then, you know, it just naturally somehow or another we've veered towards that. It's it's a big thing at the moment, that and obviously the, the COVID-19 thing as well, yeah. Well, being from Mississippi in the U.S., uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, the election's over. Like, I voted, I moved on. And I don't get into arguments online. Like, I'm not a social media keyboard warrior guy. You know, I'll, uh, if I post, like, a thought I have, I'm not trying to start a conversation. If people want to conversate in the comments, that's, you know, not that I, I mean, I'm not an influencer. You know, like, 10 people probably see my tweets. But yeah, I don't get into it. Like on my other show, we it's more topical and we'll talk about current events and stuff. But that's with a coworker, and we were doing it every day at work anyway. Uh, and we can get into more of that if we ever talk about that show. But um, yeah, when it comes to the music, it obviously influences the music though. You know, like Don Draper's album was the lockdown manifesto, you know, his lockdown. So it inspired him to write. And I think it's going to affect a lot of art. I mean, imagine all the albums and books and movies and tv shows that are going to be coming out now that have a, a, a covid spin or you know um a civil rights spin to it you know i mean it's kind of like the 60s all over again in, in america i don't know how you know about the rest of the world but you know we're, we're back to you know you never know when a, a protest is going to spring up you never know when it's going to turn into a riot you don't know when something crazy is going to happen you know, like I say, it's like the 60s all over again. Um, you know, you got a lot of economic protests and stuff. So it, it comes into the music show because real life affects our music. You know, unless you're just writing, you know, fan fiction type stuff. You know, Rieko does a lot of like nerdcore, you know, stuff about Star Trek and X-Files, which is cool. Yep. But like Don Draper's was about current events. Uh, in fact, his method for that album he'd go in to write and he'd just look at like the headline and then find something that resonated with him emotionally. And he wrote a song about it. So yeah. it, it just depends on what type of artist is on the show, how, you know, topical we get. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's sort of what I'm, I'm looking forward to um, Paul, Paul McCartney's new album coming out next month, because that's been recorded in while he's been in lockdown and he said that most of the subjects covered in that are related to how lockdown has actually affected him and what's going on in that. And I think that's that's going to be interesting as a, you know, because normally he normally writes songs, I think, that it's almost like he's writing a song like a machine, but this one is like he's doing it because it's almost like he has to write it. And I think it's more interesting in a way that he's, that he's releasing something like that. Yeah, that's kind of more in line with what they were doing in the latter half of the 60s when they were still yep. the Beatles, right? They got more into speaking through their music. They used a lot more metaphors. I wonder if he's going to be Absolutely. as metaphorical. Yeah, but, you know, like, Blackbird, uh, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I mean, once they got to Rubber Soul, after that, you know, from Rubber Soul on, it was like, to me, very, you know, if you listen to what they were saying, they were, they were speaking their mind a lot, really even on help a bit, you know. Sorry about my dog, man. That's okay. I don't know if he wants to talk. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's a dog cast. Pod dog. There you go. There's your next show. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, just have a pet. I mean, does anybody have a pet podcast where animals just bark at each other? That'd be funny. That'd be great. Yeah, just have that. <laughs> just call it dog cats. It rhymes with podcast. Yeah. Just as an aside, I've, ju- I've, ju- I've just thought, um, I bet Pete Murphy, that episode is going to be going to be fabulous because he's changed so much. His material is so, you know, it's got so much variation in it that it's, it's fabulous because he's gone from like the, the, the normal singer songwriter thing. And he's gone into other areas recently. And I think it's, I think it's an interesting change. He's a cool cat, man. I had a great chat with him. I uh, would love to talk with him more. Uh, I actually have to edit that show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> better get on that this week, huh? Um, luckily, I'm off work all week, so I got some time to edit, play with my technology. Uh, it's just fun, though. Isn't it just fun doing podcasts? I mean, it's it, just cool. It is. And Pete is a great guy to chat with. Like you said, you can just get carried away, and me and Pete talk for we, – we, we can talk for hours and hours when we get to get – when we get – together and chat it's it's brilliant yeah he's a he's a guest i'd like to have on like you know once a year or something just to see what the hell he sounds like now you know yeah because he <laughs> like, changes that quickly yeah yeah um but it, it's cool to get to know him like he's actually writing all this music it's like self-therapy you know yeah. real anxious guy you know really inside of his own head and, and this music really helps him you know cope with stuff and that's that's how i uh wrote a lot in my in my late 20s mid to late 20s i went through a pretty uh bitter divorce and i had a lot of angry songs i don't play them anymore like you know doesn't really represent me and my kids are older and i don't want them kind of hearing that side um so yeah man uh but music is therapeutic i mean my uh my latest single album not to plug that but whatever uh or my my g slade music uh, album called uh, Raised in America. I mean, just from the title, you know, it's going to be a pretty <laughs> politically charged album. Yeah. Um, but it was therapeutic. That was like my way of expressing myself. Like, I don't want to argue on Twitter. I just want to like say what I got to say and and, and move on, you know? Absolutely. Dope. So have you got any standout shows from the ones that you've released so far? Well, as of the day we are chatting here, I have recorded 12 episodes and posted 10. Um, the Rieko episode was probably the, uh, <coughs> pardon me, one of the better interviews because she does her music full time. Yeah. And she's not just an indie artist. She's a, a producer, like a legit producer. And she's scoring a film right now. Like just, um, I think it's called Metropolis. It's an old silent film, old black okay. and white film. Wow. And I like, like yeah, she, yeah. And you know, she'll twitch um, and play some stuff she's been working on from it. And she's just so, um, such a dense character. There's so many aspects to her art, what inspires it, but she's also really nerdy like me. We can talk about X-Files and Star Trek and, and stuff like that. And then we talked about Fawn. Uh, and it's really cool. We, we have a similar perspective. So it was just like a natural um, rhythm, I guess. Yeah. We uh, had worked together once, which I felt really lucky because she's just really talented. So if she ever blows up, I'll be like, yep, I did a song with her. But that was a great show. I mean, her, her music is excellent. And the interview was just stellar. 
I, I barely talk, which was good because I had to re-record everything I said. <laughs> but when, when I was you know scrolling right down the wave file, like looking for my my bits, I was like, oh, bless you, Rieko. I'm glad you talk so much. You know, <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, so that was really good. I, I don't think I have a bad show. I mean, to me, they all stand out in their own ways. Yep. The, the world's not gray show was excellent. Cause it just kind of came out of nowhere. He actually started chatting me up, you know, that method I told you about, he just started chatting me up about this show, about why I do it and whatnot. And I was just like, well, why don't you come on the show? And I listened to his music and was just blown away by it. He's really talented. Like I have, I have a couple of his songs in my regular random playlist along with, you know, all the other big time artists, you know, so yep. really cool stuff. Um, I like the Tim Ethier show because he and I are such good friends, but it was early on and, you know, the, the quality of the sound we were still working out. So I, I'd like to bring him back on. But if he said like, hey, George, what show should I go listen to to decide if I want to hear your podcast or not? Um, I'd have to say the Rieko one just because it really hits on all cylinders. The, yeah. the production quality is there. The interview quality is there and the music quality is there. And so it just hits every, you know, uh, every check mark. At least that, you know, I have a small library right now, but that that's the one I would say, like, go listen to that one. If you're only going to give me one shot to win you over. Cool. So when you're getting ready for each episode, what research do you do before then? And how do you research? Well, the easy one is I go listen to their music, right? Yep. Um, like if I'm going to have, you know, like Roses and Red was a band or is a band, but they're a band that uh, started following my wife's account. And she's like, here's a band. You should reach out to them. I was like, okay. And I listened to their stuff. I was like, wow, this is most excellent. Yeah. And so I'll listen to them. And then I try to like look at their social media accounts get a gauge of how big they are and then kind of look at their interactions. And if they have a YouTube, that's really cool. Or an Instagram because they post like, you know, these personal videos, like uh, something like studio outta outtakes or going out to the desert to film a video today. You know, so I try to get a general idea. So I'm not just going in there and I go, tell me about yourself. You know, I'm like, Hey man, I saw online that you did blah, blah, blah. Like that was cool. Tell me about that. Uh, so yeah, just try to get a general sense of who they are. I try not to get too much to lead them with because I want them to really, you know, lead the conversation. I want it to be up to the guests. Like we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. It's not a host-driven show, I don't think. It's a very guest-driven show. Um, and so listening to their music, getting a quick sense of who they are is how I do their uh, how I do the research. Yeah, it's a bit like uh, I listen to people's shows, so I get a general idea of what their show is and how it works. And then when I get them on my show, I it's almost like we we're chatting, and I'm leading them into them explaining everything, so that I basically know how to sort where to go. Uh, what do I mean? I know how to get them to explain what it's all about. So it's basically leading them to, to, to doing all the talking, like you said. Yeah. Well, I think that's what we need. Right. Um, yep. I don't think people get on my show. Like, I don't think listeners would tune in to hear me talk. 
they're tuning in to hear whoever I'm advertising is the guest that week. Yeah. You know, um, I can talk about me without a guest on. So when they're on, uh, I try to really just let them talk. Now, if I know the guest, obviously it turns into more of like a conversation. Like, yep. hey, you remember that? Yeah, I do that. Yeah, you did that. Yeah. You know, and we talk about why we do something like, hey, I just started using Adobe Audition because when I use Reaper, it did this or whatever. Uh, so it's really cool. One of the things that I get out of the show is I pick up tips from other artists. They're like, well, this is what I do. Yeah. I try to ask them, hey, what advice would you give to people? And like, I'm taking that advice too. You know, <laughs> it's not just for them. Um, on, on that same vein of research, though, what episode of the music show have you been able to listen to? Or did you have one that you particularly liked? I've started from the beginning and I'm going to work my way through eventually to catch up to where you are now. That's the idea. So I've got through, I think, the first three episodes, I think, so far. All right. Yeah, I think that was Andy Thomas, Tim Ethier, and I think, was VK Lynn my third show? I think VK Lynn. That sounds familiar. I I had it pulled up on my phone here. But, yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a great way to get acquainted with the podcast. It's listen to their podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, without saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what other method would there be? Yeah. But really, with with this show that I'm doing, it's all about, you know, um, people will see who I'm talking to and they'll think, you know, like like this one, they'll think, oh, I like independent music. Let's I'll have a listen to this episode because really it's a lot like people do with things like Joe Rogan where most people, I think, don't listen to every episode of Joe's. I think you cherry I think they cherry pick in a way. I, I try to catch the new ones. Yep. Now that I discovered his show. Um, but yeah, like I just, I'm such a late comer to Joe Rogan. Um, yeah, third episode is VK Lynn, but your ne- next up is Rieko and then Roses and Red. So you got some really good stuff. And then Abomniums after that. So I don't know, man. You, I love you got Abomniums. some good stuff coming up. Yeah. Uh, you're going to enjoy all that stuff. Yeah. And the fun thing about my show is they're not all the same length. Like, you know, one's an hour, one might be two and a half. Uh, okay. But so, yeah, I'll go back through Joe's library and it, it's fun because you can discover other podcasts, too. Like, I had no idea Malcolm Gladwell had a podcast. You know, he's one of my favorite authors. Yeah. And he was on Rogan's show and was talking about his podcast. I was like, shit, I better go listen. So now I'm subscribed to that. Um, but, yeah, I'll go through and cherry pick particular guests. Now, I'll try to listen to them all eventually. There's like a thousand of them, you know, so. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But I, I try to listen to the new ones and, you know, I've discovered some interesting characters that he talks to. Uh, but like he did one with Jake Roberts. So I've actually, I'm going to listen to Jake, Jake the snake, man. Got to. Cool. You know, as a wrestling kid, um, he was my first, <clears throat> excuse me. He was my first favorite wrestler. I, I wasn't into Hulk Hogan, like all the other kids, you know, I was in Jake Roberts. Um, yeah. So, He's, he's had some cool guests, but you can discover other shows through that. So I, I think your show is great for that. You know, you could get your own fan base that likes hearing you talk to people, but then they can also decide if they want to get into that show. So it's pretty neat. It's not bad. It's an interesting idea. Um, not to like switch the subject around, but what made you do that? Um. Yeah, like I've said to people before, um, with my, it, it sounds a bit 
almost pretentious, I think, in a way. But <laughs> with my uh, with my birthday coming up soon, because I'm 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 fifty on Thanksgiving Day. Happy birthday! Uh, thank you very much. So um, I already said on a previous episode I've recorded. Thank you to the Americans for you know celebrating my birthday with you know turkey and everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so years ago, before even the 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 word podcast existed and there were just basically shows that people put out. Um, a couple of friends of mine actually did a show uh, called Punky Radio. And uh, one of those presenters, uh, Paul B. Edwards, he was saying to me that um, he said, you know, you, you ought to have a try at podcasting because, you know, you've got, you've got the equipment. And, and he says, when, when, he said, you know, you're a bit shy most of the time, but when you get talking, we can't shut you up. That's what they said. And nice. uh, I know it's good in it. And uh, normally after a couple of drinks and, um, and I thought, yeah, I'm not really sure there was a bit of fear there. And, and then earlier this year, it, uh, it, it's almost a, uh, an effect from the lockdown in a way, because of being so far away and not being able to actually go out and talk to people and, uh, God, even more than that, not being able to go out to gigs and see bands and, and everything. That's, that's awful. Um, and I miss being able to go into the recording studio as well. Much as I've got my own recorded equipment, I still like the old fashioned studio every now and again. And, and I just thought I want to be able to talk to people and I do like the idea of doing a show. And, uh, I thought, what do I do a lot of? And I thought, well, obviously what I do a lot of is listening to podcasts because I'm posting about it all the time, and I even get people saying to me, will you stop posting what you're listening to? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that, because that's what <laughs> they I They can do. keep scrolling. They can scroll back. They don't want to see you. scroll, yeah. Yeah, if they want, yeah. To, see, if they want to see something. Like that's the worst thing on the internet. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if they want to scroll past and have a look at some lovely food that, that Louise, my other half, has made, then that's fine by me. Sure. You know, I mean, these cool. are the same people that probably post day one of school pictures every year. Absolutely, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, new school this year. They're up in the. We're middle. all dying to see that yeah. that stuff, man. <laughs> Aren't we just new new uniform fits? Oh, we're going to have to buy them a new one in a year. Yeah. So, like, so I thought yeah. I'll, I'll do. It. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do a show where I'm talking to people who make podcasts that, you know, initially the podcast that I listen to or that I'm friends with. Uh, but it'd just be cool to be able to work out what it is about them that got them into podcasting and how they go about putting the podcast together. I find all the, the behind the scenes, uh, business fascinating because it's like you said with, with, with Howard Stern, where he's got these people that he's got a crew, but you don't know what that crew do. So when oh, you talk yeah. to these people, producers, it's like, writers, directors, yeah. editors, and you you just don't know everything that goes behind <laughs> it. You know, people just assume that when you're putting a podcast out, that you record it, you put it out, but they don't know all the work that goes behind making it sound like it's not a phone call and, you know, getting rid of the occasional, mm, uh, and whatever. I mean, you keep those in for the most part, but occasionally if you're doing too much umming and ahhing, then, you cut it down a bit, you know, but people don't know about this. Right. I find all of that fascinating. I thought, why don't I do a show about it? 
Well, I think it's cool. Uh, and oh, there I go, uh, Andy. So, on the first few shows that I did between the two podcasts that I host, um, there I, did, I just did a, um. It's amazing how much we um and don't realize it. That's how you could tell a professional like politician. They don't um, they just talk. But anyway, yeah, I actually went and tried to bring all that out and like edit it out, and it was just so much work because you do it so much. I was like, you know what? You know what like liberated me mentally from worrying about that is watching stuff like Joe Rogan's show or other live stream shows. Like, you know, you don't get to do that on a live stream show. And and people accept that. I mean, Rogan's show is the most popular podcast in the world, right? Absolutely. And yep. That's raw. I mean, that's not edited. You could watch it when it streams. I, I never catch it streaming or nothing. But yep. You know, it's excellent. And, and it's just a conversation. You can tell it's natural and there'll be silent air for a few seconds. I mean, I was even doing that. I'm like, I need to cut this gap down. And I'm like, you're killing yourself. This is going to, you're going to hate editing if you do this. Yeah. And so I've kind of shifted. Like, let's just be natural. Let's have a conversation. You know, there's plenty of really structured, really beautifully edited podcasts. Like, you know, Freakonomics is one of my favorite ones. Yeah, but you could tell those are really long interviews, really cut down to push the um, whatever the show's theme is, and you get blips of it, and they go back and forth, and they stop for commercial breaks and all this stuff. Very polished show, and it's one of my favorites. But I am not, you know, as a one man show, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go through it and make it this like beautifully, arc, you know, orchestrated experience. You're going to get my intro music. Which is cool because on the indie music show, I take a bit from whoever's on the show. I take some of their music and that's the intro for that week's show. So it's not the same intro every week, which is pretty neat. And it's more natural. And just a side note about the music on the indie show, uh, for indie, indie music artists, podcast playlists are important, right? You want to get on playlists. It looks good in the podcast algorithms. Yeah. So I started a playlist on Spotify called Featured on uh, G. Slay's Indie Music Showcase. Okay, cool. And whoever's on the show that week, if their music is on pod, if their music is on Spotify, I I add the songs that I played on the show to the playlist. So it's really cool. It, it's building up to be a lot of music. I'll pull it up on my phone while I'm talking to you about it. See how long it is now, but. I think that's pretty neat. So if you come on the show, you kind of get something out of it. Not not only do you get an interview promotion, but you get your um, you get your music, you know, added to someone else's playlist on Spotify, which always looks good. Yeah. So my my Spotify name is Datman Cabal, uh, <laughs> but it's a, a a playlist called Featured on G Slade's Indie Music Showcase, and it is up to two hours and 17 minutes of music. Wow. Can you imagine that on Shuffle? That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's great. I mean, go go find it and follow it and turn it on. It's always going to be growing, and it's really neat. It's just a little perk of being on the show. And the neat thing is if you're editing the playlist, you know how on Spotify your playlist will have like four album covers that make up the one square? Yep. So whatever you put at the top is the cover. I didn't know that. I was like, I thought I was just stuck with the first, you know, cover I got. But I learned how to manipulate it. So I, I put like the last four artists at the top. And so the playlist shows, you know, the album covers for the last four artists. 
I right. thought that was neat. Yeah. That's neat. That's cool. So it, it's very dynamic. You know, it, it gets new music every week. Yeah. And I'm not going to take anyone off of it. So if you're ever on it, you know, unless you turn out to be like a baby killer Nazi or something, you know, I'm not going to take you off of it. Uh, even if, you know, and I don't care if like it's people I agree with on social issues or not, or political issues. Like we're about the music. If yeah. It's good music and you're not hurting anybody. You could be a guest. I'm going to feature your music. I'm going to promote people. And uh, I had a thought when you were talking about people complaining about your uh, posting your podcast. I don't think those are content creators, are they, that are complaining about that? No, they're just general uh, people, you know, just normal. Yeah, I think content creators, they know. They know what's up. You got to share your whatever you're into. You got to share it because that's what we want people to do when they listen to us. Yeah, yeah. If people listen to my music as well, I want people to to say, "Hey, I'm listening to this. I I like this." So that's what you have to. Yeah, yeah. I try to throw up a band if I'm listening to them. I put it in my Instagram story and like overlay some of their music just to kind of give them a shout out. Yeah, and it's cool because most bands will respond and be like, "Thanks," you know. And sometimes they'll even put it in their story. And it, you know what really struck me, which is kind of dumb that. I thought of it that way, but you know, when you grow up in the nineties world of music, musicians are like a different civilization, right? You know, bands are unreachable people, you know, if you're lucky enough to meet them, whatever, but it's just amazing how human we all are. Like no matter how talented you are at music or how famous you are, when you just start talking, you might as well be two poppers, you know, it it just doesn't even matter. It's really cool that even Though we have different experiences, we have the same experience. You know, we're all going through the same world, which is pretty neat. Now, obviously, like mega rich folks live in a slightly different world. But if you were just talking to them, they'd sound like you and I and have the same type of conversations, the same type of fears, uh, similar values. Uh, So that's been really one of the cool parts of the show is talking to artists. And it's just another person, you know, it's. Just a somebody on the other end of the line, and we have a great chat. Really cool. That is cool. Hopefully, I, hopefully, I never stop. So, in your show, then is is there actually a structure that you have set? Do you do you plan anything ahead, or do you just let the conversation flow? I, I used to write down the things I wanted to ask, but then I realized that that could possibly make like this weird, unnatural swerve. You know, if we're just having a natural conversation about how we had, you know, how the band had to get up at 5 a.m. to go film a video out in the forest. And I just swerved like, what's your favorite guitar? You know, like what? Like that's (laughs) yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right. So I have a few things I could prompt with, but I'd rather just get into it. Like, hey, how you doing, man? Like, what's up? Uh, Tell me about your band, man. What are you guys all about? Or what are you doing? Why do you do it? Yeah. What you been up to lately? You know, uh, what are you doing since you can't tour right now? Um, have you toured here or there? What was your favorite tour? That's usually a question I try to fit in there. What was your favorite tour? Uh, I was talking a lot about equipment and I try to get that in a little bit, but I'm like, I'm not sure how many people are listening really need to know like, well, I use Cubase or Reaper, unless it really makes um, sense for them. Like, you know, the, you, you say you listen to the first three shows. So Andy Thomas was all about talking about his gear, which was great. It was, you know, we were nerding out on gear. 
but that made sense because his music is gear driven. You know, it's, and he does a lot of things with his technology that affect how his music sounds. And it's a big part of it. You know, he's not touring and things like that. So he's not really talking about promotion or, or touring or, you know, merchandise, things like this. Whereas like a, a Roses Unread, you know, was on the show. We talked about what are you doing to promote right now? How do you stay, you know, how do you keep income going on and, and what are you doing? And we pitched around ideas of doing things for like their Patreon and stuff like that. So it just really depends on the guest. I, I try not to have too much of a structure. The basic structure is for 20 or 30 minutes, we're just chatting about the artist or whatever they want to talk about. And then I'm like, all right, well, cool. Let's get into a track. And then I say the first track is, you know, we will rock you. Uh, Freddie, tell me about where that song came from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You have a list of songs that you've already set up to include in the show. So somehow or another, you'll, you'll always lead into mentioning about those songs and the story behind them Mm -hmm. so i get that ahead of time i say hey send me three to five tracks i think the most i had on was six maybe seven with world's not great because it was basically his whole ep and i don't mind because it was only a 20 minute ep even with six or seven tracks yep i I say you send me the songs you want to talk about so it could be old stuff it could be new stuff whatever you want and to me that makes it better because they're going to be engaged because they picked a song out. So it's something they want to talk about. Like they thought about it and said, well, this is a song I'd like to talk about. This is a song I'd like to talk about. Uh, so that really does a lot of the work for me. I don't have to figure out what to talk about. They sent me three to five tracks of content that we can discuss. And, and if the chat is kind of like going stale and I can feel like, okay, we're running out of, you know, BS let me transition to the song. So it's it's an easy out if we're kind of running dry on the conversation itself. That makes sense? It does really make sense, yeah. So is it always that way then that they pick the songs and you, do, do you not pick any of the songs that they do? I never pick any. You know, I might say this was my favorite or that was my favorite, but I don't pick the songs. To me, it's about showcasing them yeah. and... Now, if I did like a fan show, that'd be different. But this is more like an exposure show. And okay. I think the artists should pick what they want. Yeah. And it makes it, like you said, it makes it more interesting to them because they're talking about songs that are important to them as opposed yeah, to. Like, uh, yeah. If on. they had song A that they had a 20 minute story and song B, they're like, I don't know. We just threw that out there. We don't even like it. But it was my favorite. And I was like, well, that's what I want to talk about. You know, that wouldn't really, that show would kind of bomb. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like you know, uh, back back in the day when people were interviewing Lemmy, they would always ask him about Ace of Spades, and he'd be like, "Well, that's a song that I don't particularly like that much, but you know, it's a hit." So, or any but, interview with John Lennon about anything? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, they'll always come up with Beatles, won't they? And all what right. the Beatles? What song? He was this so song done by the talking. Beatles, and he was so <laughs> irritated with talking about the Beatles. It was like, whereas. Um, yeah, all they needed to do was sort of almost let them lead the conversation because then you get a more interesting and in some ways a more revealing discussion as well. That's what I'm going for. You know, like I said, I'm trying to get away from that traditional interview. Like, what is going on right now? What do you think about the latest headlines? Like, yeah. I don't care about that. That's like five minutes of importance. And, you know, like, what was the biggest story last week? You have no idea. 
you know, other than COVID and the election, like who knows what else was going on, but it was a headline for like a day. And yeah, for like Lennon, right. He was done. He was like, the Beatles are over. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Go talk to Paul or Ringo. Somebody will talk about the Beatles. You know, I don't care. I'm doing solo stuff. Let's talk about Yoko uh, and her music, you know, stuff like that. And so like, say if I was going to bring John Lennon on the show, He'd be like, you know, send me what you want to do. And you got to think he'd probably send five Yoko tracks. It wouldn't even send anything he was on. And then, but I'd be like, okay, well, this is what he wants to talk about. And it'd be great. Cause I don't think, I mean, as rock stars go, who would you rather hear just freestyle in an yeah. interview than John Lennon? Right. Absolutely. Yep. But uh, perhaps Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix or Bob Marley, but Lennon would be up there. Yep. And Miles Davis. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. We could talk about that all day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we could do. Anyway, as we're getting uh, closer to the uh, close to the end of the show, what other podcasts do you listen to then, George? Oh, man. Well, I've kind of talked about a few of them. My favorites are uh, Freakonomics was the first. That's the OG. And I still love it because um, Stephen Dubner, man, he's incredibly smart. And he, he presents topics. He is not spinning anything and trying to influence you. He brings on people on multiple sides of an issue, not even on like two sides of an issue. He brings on people that are like six different sides of an issue. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. And it's amazing topics and it's, it's not the same thing every week. Um, if you like Ted talks, yep. I think you would love Freakonomics. It's like almost like a um, long form you know, TED Talk conversation, if that even makes any sense. Yep. I just think if you like TED Talks, you like Freakonomics. If you like kind of off-the-wall subjects, you'll like Freakonomics. Um, I, I was going to say what my favorite episode was, but I can't even think of it now. But he's got some cool stuff. Like, they'll analyze popular, popularly accepted notions and try to figure out if they're actually true, you know, and he'll talk to people really in the know, you know, like the director of who will be on there or senators or former senators or people running for stuff like Andrew Yang was on. That was a good episode. The mayor of Los Angeles was on, but he also does stuff with like, uh, how does noise affect our mental health and just cool stuff like that. That's cool. So that's one of my favorites as far as, um, other stuff, a little less serious uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, host of Conrad Thompson. So Bruce was an insider. You know, he worked, he actually still works for Vince McMahon. He worked in WWF, WWE from like WrestleMania three to now, you know, so he's been around. And so he offers insides on like, like they'll do a show on a particular wrestler's career or a particular event or something. And he's got the inside knowledge. So it's like a fanboy talking to an insider. So it's really neat. Like, Hey, what really happened at WrestleMania eight? Why didn't the British bulldog and berserker match go on? Yeah. You know, Bruce will tell you like, Oh, well, it's because we didn't have any time. So it had to be a one minute match. And Davy boy, the British bulldog said, I don't do one minute matches, you know, and so he refused to go out. So they put somebody else out there. Just insider stuff. It's just really cool to fanboy about because, you know, I'm watching all this stuff and now you get kind of the background knowledge. And Joe Rogan's show, obviously, because yep. I think that long form that he does is great. I mean, he got a good conversation out of Alex Jones. How can you not appreciate that? Yeah. Because yeah, that dude's out there, right? 
Uh, and he actually, had, you know, and he calls people out when they're full of it. You know, like he had Adam Conover on. That was good. He had Stephen Dubner, the Freakonomics guy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that show's fun. And I try to listen to a lot. But those, those are the staples. Like, those are the ones I go out of my way to make sure I hear. Yeah. I, I think um, I think Joe deservedly has the audience that, he, that he's got because he has got something very special. Uh, there is something very special about him as a, as a host. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one more. Uh, unbothered. Jamel Hill is unbothered. I find that to be uh, a, a great perspective for like a whitey mcwhite guy like myself <laughs> she's a, a black female that's worked in media for years she was on espn and she's she kind of has like a social commentary podcast and it, it's a different perspective it's a perspective that just me talking to my neighbors and coworkers i can't get just because of the you know almost homogenous nature of, of the environment i'm in so it's really cool i think different perspectives are great I'd say just as a, a point, if you only listen to stuff that makes you feel good and you agree with, you're really wasting your time. There's no, there's no value out of getting validated to me. You have to challenge your beliefs and challenge yourself. So listen to stuff that might, you know, that you get an emotional response to at first and, and then think about what they're saying and uh, explore the validity because as sure as you are about whatever you think, believe me, whoever disagrees with you is just as sure as you are. So that's why I listen to try to hit, hit different perspectives, you know? Yeah. I mean, I listen to things, not always that are, yeah. How shall I put this? I will sometimes listen to shows on purpose that aren't subjects that I would normally look into because in a way, it's almost like I'm trying to expand my knowledge in a way and understand things that I wouldn't normally know about. And like you said, you have to some to use use that phrase again. It almost take yourself out of that comfort zone where you're comfortable with what you're listening to, and listen to something that's left field or whichever field from where you you are personally. And I think that helps you to grow your understanding of people hopefully yeah 100 percent. it's just like working out man if you're comfortable while you're working out you're wasting your time you're not you're not getting in shape are you it's like if you'd have just stayed listening to just Def leopard and no other group whatsoever or you know or or poison i'm guessing as well and and that all <laughs> me with the beatles if i'd if yeah. stuck with that it would have been just a bit one-sided, but to go out of that and listen to other things makes it more interesting. Oh, dude, I got a Taylor Swift playlist on my Spotify. So I go back between, I listen to Taylor Swift, then I have like a, a metal playlist. And I'm talking like down tune, raw metal. Yeah. And then I listen to Def Leppard, but then I'll listen to, I have a One Direction playlist. You know, I, I go all over the place. I have a country playlist. Uh, I love hip hop. I mean, you know, I did, you know, I was like the the rapper on phone for a while. You were, uh, which is funny. I don't even rap anymore, really. Well, I mean, my cadence is still a bit rappy, but I don't like make rap beats. It's all rock music now, guitars and bass and drums. Uh, and everybody's like, "Hey, can you rap for me?" And I'm like, "I don't really do that anymore." Hey, listen to my rock. I'm trying to rock. Damn it! I was about to say I kept meaning to do a uh, collab with you doing that, but 
I won't bother with that now. We'll look at something else <laughs> to have in the future. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I mean, we could do some metal. You know, we could do some metal or something like that. That's really what I want to get better at. Um, That's cool. You know, me like, me I'm, too. I'm, I need I'm, to really get better at that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing an open C right now, man. Like C standard tuning. Like it's it's low. You know, you you can make all the same chords, but they're a step lower. So it's pretty cool. That is cool. That's really cool. But yeah, get out of the comfort zone, man. I mean, like, yeah. I think exercising is a great metaphor. When I go lift weights, if it doesn't hurt, I'm not doing any good. If it feels good to work out, like, well, this is comfy. I'm like, what are you doing? You might as well go sit down and eat some chips. So you, you got to push through. And, and mental is the same way. You got to hear people out. And because you're either going to be able to, you know, validate your opinion and defend your position, or maybe your mind will change. To me, that those are the best podcasts, the ones that make me like think differently, like see something from a different angle or uh, expose me to like a philosophical, you know, paradigm shift that I didn't even see coming. That's the coolest stuff right there. Definitely. And here's something you might not have seen coming, a good segue. As you're in the mood for advice or going into advice, what advice would you give to new podcasters starting out? Uh, well, you're going to suck. Your first podcast is going to suck. Yep. Just like your first song sucks. The first time you do anything, it's going to suck, right? Uh, Joe Rogan's first show sucks. You know, you're going to suck, but keep doing it. If you think you're going to jump on and be good at it and have sponsors and, and a thousand hits from the get go, uh, I mean, you could pay for them, obviously, but if you're going to get a natural audience, you're not going to get it quickly. Um, yeah. Just do it. Don't do it to don't do it for any reason other than enjoying doing it. If you're doing it because you want to be a famous podcaster, I, you know, that's not really a motivation. That's like trying to write a book because you want to be a famous author yeah. instead of you're just naturally a writer. So I would say just do it and have fun and get better. I mean, grow, you know, growth is part of it. My 10th show is better than my first show and my 20th show should be better than the 10th show. Um, so don't judge yourself based on where other people are because you know one if, if you're doing your first show every single podcast online has more experience than you so they should be better yeah but listen to a lot of podcasts you can't i don't think you could really i mean you could do a podcast cold and, and not know what any other show sounds like but I, th I think it's helpful to get out there and see what aspects of different podcasts you like just like writing music you would listen to different bands and you're like, okay, I like the blues over here, but I like the way this metal bass sounds. And, you know, I like the solos in this uh, bluegrass over here. I like the vocal delivery over here. Yeah. Podcasts are the same way. You know, don't try to be somebody else, be yourself and, and pick up different things from listening to multiple shows, but do something you're passionate about. You know, don't do a show about gardening. If you're not a gardener, you know, that like that conversation was going to that's going to suck. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, I wouldn't bring a lawyer on my music show because what would we talk about? And I wouldn't try to host a show about astrophysics because I have no real knowledge to lend to that. No experience. So, you know, I'm a musician that became a music podcaster. You know, you're a huge podcast fan that became a podcaster and a musician. So we kind of had already a knack for recording and, and presenting ourselves, but yeah, do something you're passionate about. If you're a carpenter, do a carpentry podcast or a construction podcast. Yep. Uh, I keep telling my wife, she needs to do one about 
um, just parenting in general. She's such a passionate parent, especially for uh, kids that might not get the same treatment, you know, like uh, like kids with handicaps or um, LGBTQ kids, things like that. Take your passion and talk about it, because when you talk about your passion, it comes through and you're more interesting and it's useful. It's if you're faking it. I mean, there's a reason nobody's like, yeah, I want to be a faker. No one says that, (laughs) you know, uh, it's so fake is not a compliment. So that'd be my advice. Talk whatever you're don't podcast to be a podcaster podcast to talk about what you love. And I love indie music. So that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. Okay, George, where can people find out more about your show and get in touch with you? Well, I have a Twitter, G-Slade Music Pod 1. Uh, you could just look for the G-Slade um, Indie Music Showcase really on any platform. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Twitter, Twitter, uh, Spotify. Yep. And if that's all confusing, just go to gsladeshow.com and you'll hit the web presence for the show and you can listen right there on the web and it also links to social media. Uh, so if you're looking for me, you're going to find me and you can contact me. You can DM me through uh, Instagram, G Slade music podcast on Instagram, or you can DM me on Twitter or you can email uh, G Slade music podcast at gmail.com. If uh, social media is not your thing and hit me up if you're an indie artist or, you know, one that wants to be on too. Um, there's no, I say there's no artist too small or too big, you know? I mean, it's not about just my favorite music. It's about getting people out there, whether I'm a fan of their music or not. I'm a fan of people, you know, regardless of what music they make. So I'll bring anybody on. You know, if Def Leppard wants to be on the show, you're not too big, come on down. You know, we'll talk. Yeah, I love and, a talk um, to Joe. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Joe. I... Yeah, Joe would be a great interview, but he does all the interviews, right? I'd almost rather have like Rick Allen on or, uh, you know, Vivian even have Viv on, let him talk about, you know, his perspective because the rest of the stories are kind of told, right? You know? Yeah. But, you know, I promise I won't ask about hysteria or adrenalize. Uh, we'll talk about new stuff because it's all good, you know. But you know how you have that one band, no matter what they put out, you love? For me, it's Stuff Lover. So, but yeah. Right. Yep. That's where you can find me, gsladeshow.com, uh, if you want to listen. Cool. Thank you very much, George. And thank you to everybody for listening. I hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Yep. Sorry about that. I had to. I had to test on. Yep. Is that better? All right. Now I'm all good. I I figured it out. Cool. I did some vocal coaching, um, with somebody a while back. It was over Zoom, and, and she was coming through. It was cool. She's the lead singer of like one of my favorite bands, but she does vocal coaching. So cool. she's actually over there in Europe too. But uh, are you familiar with Spoil Engine? Yep, I've heard of them. Yep. Yeah, it was the lead singer, the girl. She does vocal coaching. So cool. So she coached yeah. you then. Do what? 
So she was talk she was talking to you about vocals, sorting yours out, or just generally. Yeah, out. no, I definitely wasn't coaching her. <laughs> no, <laughs> I certainly can't yeah. teach anybody. Yeah, I, I'm like, yeah. it was kind of cool though, because she was like, "Do you have anything I can hear your voice?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, go to my Spotify." So she pulls it up, plays it in the session, and like, I'm like, "This is badass." She's like, you know, nodding her head to my music. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> It's yeah, one of those fanboy moments. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been taking a back seat on the singing on my songs perform and fifty ninety and they've most of it's been instrumental bits and bobs. So yeah. I see I've been getting into metal, but I don't want to talk about that. I mean, I don't want to distract too much from what we're on here for. I, I don't know if you've like actually started the show yet or what we're doing. All right, okay. Okay. All, all this chit chat will probably be edited and clipped in. Some good stuff though. The yeah. ending. <laughs> Because I always yeah, have, I always have a post music thing at the end. Yeah, no, that was a good little chat. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right, let's do it. You, you, I'll follow your lead. Okay. Okay, George. What do you think? Did we hit all the bases, or do you think there's anywhere that we need to touch on? Man, I can't. If we miss something in, in almost two hours of talking, I mean, we deserve to miss it. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. That so, was a good talk. Well, an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, it might as well be two hours, right? But yeah. I was thinking for my other show, Fries, today, yeah. uh, since I already talk so much on that show, Rich doesn't talk as much. I might just get you to interview him. That'd be kind of cool. Cool. Yep. I'm, I'm up for that. Yep. You know, because I have a co-host. I mean, it's not like, not like it's my show. It's our show. You know, uh, he and I just work together. And, we, and we're pretty different. Like we debate a lot of stuff. <laughs> we're always debating and some of it's legit. Some of it's just us trolling. So I think, yeah, I'll see, you know, if you, well, if you listen to the, if you want that show on yeah, and want to talk to him, I think it'd be an interesting take without me on the interview. So he could just be the center of attention. So what's, what's the name of that show again, George? Uh, fries today, F R I E S today. You can go to fries today.com. It's fries today one on Twitter. I don't have an Instagram for it. It's also on Spotify and Apple. Are you Spotify or Apple podcast? I use Apple most of the time. Okay. Yeah. So somebody said to me, yeah, well, even though I, I still find myself doing it, they said, you shouldn't really look at your numbers until you've been going for a while, but you still do. You can't help it, man. You want to know, right? You know, cause what I thought's cool is the, I've had 12 different countries download the music show. I thought that was neat. Yeah, me too. I've, I've, I think I've had eight, eight different countries at the moment and I'm like, Isn't that neat? Germany That's and cool. everything. you think, wow, these people are listening to me. That is cool. Yeah, like somebody in Moscow listens to Fries today, which is funny because we we make fun of Russia sometimes on the show. It's kind of, <laughs> like I did a, a terrible like uh, trope of a Russian guy as as a co-host one night named Vladimir. I just panned his voice over when I edited, and I was doing like that terrible you know Southern U.S. interpretation of a of a Russian. Oh yeah, I, I listened probably to that. terrible. I listened to that Marvel show that's their, their official Marvel show, and one of their presenters, uh, she does a on-purpose really bad English accent. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear the ones Americans do. Oh, my goodness. Um, I can't do it. I've tried so hard to do an Australian. But it's cool because I've had English guests on the show. I've had Australian guests. Um, the show I haven't aired yet was um, 
what's her name? Nadia Cribs. Uh, oh yeah. Yep. And she's, she's Russian uh, originally. Okay. Yeah. She's from Moscow. So um, it's a very interesting like mix of UK and Russia accent. But man, we did it over the phone. I, I thought it's, I like, I don't want to say, Hey, let's redo the show. But I also don't want her show not to sound good, you know. After all these high quality shows, you know, I don't. I think that'd be unfair to her, you know. It, yeah, accents are a, f- a funny thing because it's like we were talking about John Lennon. You, when when you get John Lennon in the sixties, he's still he's still for the most part the Liverpool accent. But when you when you get in, see interviews with him in the late seventies, he's got that little bit of Liverpool, but with the New Yorker mixed into it. Yeah, well, he loved New York, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah. No, it's damn tragic what happened to him. But mm-hmm. if you want to taste of fries today, you know how I was saying, like if you're going to listen to one show, I, we actually did a two-part episode or a two-episode uh, on my uh, my father's murder because it's still a cold case from 1990. And so, if you look, it's cold case part one, cold case part two. Those are two pretty good ones. And we did one on cultural appropriation. I thought was one of our better episodes. So I think there's like 13 or 14 episodes of that show. up. Um, so if you listen to that and you want to talk, I can put you in touch or with, uh, with rich. And I think that'd be an interesting, he'd definitely be a different perspective than your other podcasts. Cool. I don't know whether you heard the show that I did with the Gil from the mind buzz podcast. That was an interesting. Not yet. No, no. Yeah. I, I got all yours in my queue. Yes. Um, but you know, you listen to like a, a three-hour Rogan show, and you're like, okay, I got to go like read a book now or something. Because I also try to read. I read like a hundred books a year, so podcasts have really set me back. Yeah, my job set me back from that. I I, I keep saying to to, to Louise that I'd, I'd love to get back to doing more reading, but because my job is basically driving a van around all night you can't really read while you're at work and so many hours at work and it's terrible. Get, get an audio book, man. Uh, it's just as good as a podcast. Yeah. I, I like I audio book. I love audio books. I do. Yeah. I put them on um, 1.6 speed or 1.5, whatever the app can do. Cause I use two different apps and uh, it's great, man. Like to me, that's the way to go. I love a real book, but I just have, I have minimal time. I mean, you're probably like me. We're just busy from sun up to sundown. I mean, it's just something to do. Especially, yeah. I got like I said, I got high school teenagers. Man, they keep me busy. Yeah. You know, and then got to hang out with the wife sometime. That, that's that's true. Yes, and that show with that show with Gil, we're we're carrying on with the subject. I'm going on. I'm guesting on his show soon when we get the ta- get the chance. And Isn't that the cool thing the- about doing this? Like, podcasters yeah. really support each other. Yeah, but he he wants to carry on with the subject that we we touched on in my uh, in my show where or this show where he um, yeah. we got into the subject of how um, about music and art that's been influenced by 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 the drug uh, culture, and he really awesome. wants to, he he really wants to deep delve into that and said to me he says oh I'd love to do one or two part episode with with me. To just going into that in more detail because it's it's a fascinating, you know, uh, story behind all that because it's amazing how much art has been in, inspired by that. Even though I'm terrible when when I've been on drugs. But <laughs> so, 
I mean, we I mean, we could do a music show for you too if you want to do that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need to get back to doing some music actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be fresh stuff. I mean, no. you can always come back, you know, like like I said, it's not rigid. I don't care, you know. Yeah. If you got some favorites, you know, I mean, we're talking like three to five songs, you know, you can I'm sure you got five tracks that you think are pretty strong or yeah, that you could talk about. I'd have to definitely pick one that I did with with Hoops because that's just memorable. The fact that that I worked with him, you know. Yeah, you know what would be cool if I did like a tribute show for him and had a couple of people on. That'd be neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would. You know, be. I wish I wish I wish Villa would still do music. Who's that? Pardon? Uh, Tim. Yes. Yeah. I, I miss that guy. He was so talented. It's like we lost two people at once. It is. I mean, who on farm would you rather listen to than those two guys? That, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, almost they, they, they pretty much were farm for me, and it's like a different farm now that they're not on. Yeah. There's certain people, like I said, you know, that stand out. I, I, I need to work with Fuzzy a lot more because he always looks at things from a different perspective. Um, yeah, I, I love working with Tim. He challenges me because he does hip-hop and rock. We both do the same type of music. Um, we actually have a, a song on my album. If you find "Raised in America" on Spotify or whatever, yep. uh, or it's on, oh, I guess Spotify is an app on Apple too. But the Spotify app, if you go to, um, it's on Apple Music too. It's on whatever. "Raised in America." There's a song called um, "Drop D" and an 808, and it's me and Tim cool. talking about our musical influences. How you know, hearing "Drop D" music changed the way we heard rock, and then how the 808 drum and hip hop. So it's really like a song about rock and hip hop and how it shaped our youth. You know, like how hearing corn for the first time changed my life and how hearing bone thugs and harmony changed my life. And it's a pretty cool song. And he really challenges me to be better at what I already like to do, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a bit like, um, I, I heard on a show recently I'd listened to, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the presenters was saying that, um, most people's music is based on what they what they listened to when they were up and you know up until they were older teenagers and i don't necessarily i don't necessarily agree with that because you know these bands that i i discovered and music i discovered since that time because uh, like Rage Against the Machine, and then, you know, um, Soundgarden, that they were all after that period, and they've inspired me. Oh, man, Rage, um, they made me realize what a riff could do, you know, like how powerful, uh, it's just a, I mean, like, you know, you take Bulls on Parade, just how it just switches. Yeah. You know, it's just like building and building, and building, it just drops, and you're like, nah, 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 nah. you know, like that slow, and you're like, oh, that was badass, and it like hit me across the face, like I didn't see it coming. Yeah, and they. Uh, did you ever get into corn? Did you Did you listen to corn at all? Yeah, I've listened to corn as well. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. man, their first album that that song. Um, why is it when you want to think of something you can't? Is that Follow but, the Leader? Uh no, that was their third album. Actually, that third album. Yep. Yeah, that's a good album. That 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 to me is like quintessential corn. But their first self-titled album called Corn. The first track on there, it just has this like slow build, right? It's like, you know, and then you get like a, you know, it just like builds up. And then John Davis comes in. Are you ready?
you know, and then it just, and then it just goes into this heavy riff. And then I'd never heard a, a freaking seven string down tune Ibanez guitar before. And it was just no. like, what the hell? What happened to my ears? Because all I'd heard is like, pour some sugar on me, you know, and, and hysteria, which are great. But it was like a paradigm shift in what music could be. And it was, you know, a hell of an experience. And um, it's like a drug. Keep chasing that high. It's why you keep listening to music, right? You want to have that life-changing sound hit your ears again. And God, for me, the, the most recent one was I saw Fever 333 Live. Have you ever heard of them? No, I've not heard of them. Nope. Man, I, like I had heard one of their songs. I was like, all right, they're all right. And then I saw them live and it was like life-changing. I was like, this is how live music should be. And it's only three dudes. Wow. It's three dudes and their live show will just change your life. Yeah. But but then, you know, through I'm, the three... I'm putting some notes in the chat for you. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> That's what I'm following. Um, But then again, you know, a lot of three-piece bands, they're there's something about them that's just brilliant, you know, like the police and cream and even you could think of the who almost as a trio. Cause that's three musicians with a singer, you know, that there's something different about just that small nucleus of those three that makes it special. Yeah. But the singer can also add a lot of personality, right? You think about the bands that have changed singers. Um, the only one that always stays the same is ACDC. They just get a guy with a raspy voice and plug him in. <laughs> but, you know, it, it definitely changed Van Halen. Yeah. Um, it you know, in like some bands wouldn't exist without, you know, you can't take Axl Rose out of Guns N' Roses, right? Wouldn't be the same band. No one wants to hear anyone else sing Welcome to the Jungle. No. Uh, I saw them live last year. It was excellent. Three-hour set. It was crazy. Brilliant. Uh, it was outdoors, freezing my ass off. October in northern Tennessee. <laughs> I've not seen Guns N' Roses, but I've seen Slash's Snake Pit live. Well, it was awesome, man. Def hey. Leppard closed out one night. Um, it was a music festival, three-day music festival, and that's where I saw Fever. I discovered some other bands. Uh, Seether was there. Like Seether live was excellent. You into Seether? Aren't they? They're an English band, right? Um, yep, yep, but I've not, I've not seen them live now. Is I don't think I'm ever going to go to another like concert concert again that's not a music festival, you know, where it's just like one band, because the yep. music festival just really changed my perspective on live music. Like, okay, let's go to this band, let's go to here, this band over here for 45 minutes. All right, that was badass, and then let's go get a hot dog. All right, let's go over to this stage and hear this other band we've never heard of. It's, and it's, it's cool because like, you're there with all these people having the same experience. Like the only thing we were missing was like dope and mushrooms. You know, it would have been great. <laughs> Dear me, three—I think it was three or four years ago—I found out that there's a metal festival that goes on at a uh, a showground near to where I live. It's like five minute drive. And when I found out about that, I thought, "Wow, wow I've got to go there every year now." And so that, yeah, that, man. that really. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to have to beat myself out here. That really pissed me off that, that about <laughs> COVID this year. Man, watch your mouth, you, you filthy animal. <laughs> Who taught you to talk like that? I know. Anyway, Man, this, we're getting over the edge here. We are. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much for that, mate. I'll catch you again very soon. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's talk about the music show when you get a chance. All right, we'll line it up. We'll do it. Cool. And uh, we'll talk about chatting with your co-host for the other one. 
that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Uh, check out the show, see what you think, and then make sure you want him on. Yep, I've taken notes of those ones that you've pointed out, so I'll check them out, and I'm bound to get addicted to the rest. All right, man. All right, man. You take care. Hey, Cheers happy birthday. Thank you very much. Take All care. Right. Have a good Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. You too, man. Bye.